Welcome to the Olmsted Salon podcast. My name is Dusty Brown and I am the host of the Olmsted Salon. The Olmsted Salon is the arts and culture outreach of Calvary St. George's Church in New York City and we uh, we seek to explore life through culture and conversation. Now the reason we do this is because if you've ever been to Calvary St. George's on a Sunday, two words that you'll hear every Sunday are the words law and gospel. And we seek to explore these two words through a more cultural vernacular. We believe that things like grace and mercy cannot be fully understood until we first understand brokenness and really our own limitation. On the show today, I have the Nylon Fusion Theater Company's artistic director talking a little bit about a show that they're doing um, later in the month here at the Olmsted Salon. Uh, but first, I asked our, our very own priest in charge, the Reverend Jacob Smith, uh, to come in and talk to us a little bit about this notion of brokenness and his approach to grace and how it all came to be um, that he has this perspective. So, Jake, um, you know, this idea that we talk about at the Olmsted Salon quite frequently is this notion of mercy and grace being understood through the lens of brokenness. And, um, you know, AA was partly founded here at Calvary Church. One of the tenets of AA is, you know, there there is no, basically there's no progress and there's uh, until you hit rock bottom. And um, our friend John Zoll has said that uh, you can find um, God's office at the end of your rope. And so this idea of being honest with brokenness as, as a way to view um, mercy and grace, how, how did that become a reality to you? Because I know you're a priest. I know that you've kind of devoted your life to this. And obviously, that must be something that you also subscribe to. Uh, I came to this reality. I never. I didn't always believe that. I always believed. I used to believe that life was um, about kind of a moral progress and about me getting better and finding my inner strength. And I would. Uh, I was climbing the ladder spiritually speaking. I mean, I went to seminary for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and I abstained from all sorts of things. And particularly the season of Lent, the biggest thing I loved to do <laughs> for those forty days was abstain from chocolate and soda. And then at the end, you know, just, I mean, I would have never said that in the moment, but, you know, looking back, I would say that I would wake up and be like, look what I did for you, God. And uh, and this all culminated one evening. I was having a good time with a friend and we were talking about all sorts of things and about specifically the importance of progress, which my friend didn't believe in at the time. He subscribed to grace and brokenness. And uh, anyway, the wine was flowing and I wasn't paying attention and before I knew it, I had drank too much wine and so much so that I literally fell off of his porch and landed <laughs> into a pile of mud and manure. And, uh, and I was covered in this soupy, basically pile of shit. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I was covered in it. And my friend asked if I wanted another glass of wine, to which I said no. And I walked home, but I was devastated by that moment. I was completely and totally devastated because I had gone covered in crap. I had gone from stage 50, if you will, levels of progress, all the way back down to probably below one because I was covered in crap. I just 
kind of was like, oh my gosh. And I was extremely depressed and I took all my clothes off mm. in the living room. Anyway, when I was in the shower, all of this mud and crap began to wash off of me. And uh, I got out and, uh, and I dried myself off and it was kind of like a moment of clarity. I looked, I was in the living room and I, I looked at that pile of dirty clothes and I realized that, I mean, this is a metaphor, but that I was going to go, I couldn't help myself, but put those clothes on and uh, again and again mm. and again and again and that um, right. and that this was the reality of life and uh, I think this is the profound insight that one finds at AA this is why you don't every AA meeting nobody stands up and goes hi I'm Jake and I'm doing pretty well this week it's hi I'm Jake and I'm an alcoholic you know hi I'm Jake in Christianity we would say I'm a sinner right and this notion of putting on those dirty clothes again and again and again. Of course, I relate to that. And I think that's what we're talking about um, when we're talking about coming to terms with our own limitations and coming to terms with our, um, our own brokenness as a kind of primer um, for grace and for mercy. Um, Jacob, thank you so much for sharing some of this stuff, putting a personal touch on the things that we talk about here at the Olmsted Salon. So my next guest is the artistic director of the Nylon Fusion Theater Company, who happened to be our artist in residence at the Olmsted Salon in February. I had a chance to sit down with Yvette Dumang and talk about the origins of the company, uh, her relationship with board member John Patrick Shanley, and just what they'll be doing in their new play festival at the Olmsted Salon in February. Um, Yvette, how do you say your last name again? Dumain. Dumain. Yvette Dumain. Yvette Dumain. I know it sounds very strange. You probably haven't you haven't gotten it yet, but that's I haven't. Okay. I still haven't gotten it. <laughs> Yvette Dumain is not they, it. It's a, there's a G at the end. Yvette Dumain. Yes. Yeah. Did I nail it? You did. Okay. <laughs> uh, and Dumain is French. Yes, it's French. It's uh, it's actually been. Can I use bastardized? You can it, use whatever just, you want. Yeah. It's been you know messed with. It, it's been, you, know me- I mean? it's, you mean it's been like angle, angle It would be Dumont or Dumont. Oh, I see. So, yeah. Right. So your background is, you were saying French and Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. and you're from New York. Yeah, I was born in Brooklyn. Okay. So um, you are the artistic director of Nylon Fusion Theater Company, who is our artist in residence in February. Yes. And how did Nylon Fusion come to be? Oh, okay. Uh we started this about almost nine years ago. Actually, nine years ago. Nine years ago. Um, it's been a long time ago. Um, and there was a group of us, like five of us, and uh, one was, uh, two of them were British. Um, Joseph Elliott, who's, uh, who was artistic director with me for a long time until, recent, until like two or three years ago. And, uh, and then there, were, there was an Irish fellow and an uh, Australian. It was pretty mixed and... The, the, but we were all from here, and um, it's, it started off when we were studying at T. Schreiber Studios uh, with Terry Schreiber, mm. and um, we were taking the master class on Friday, and uh, Joseph and I, we got together, and, uh, and that's how we just started doing uh, readings, and then the very first show that we did was A Midsummer Night's Dream, but it wasn't a very common or usual way. We had... Uh, 
say all the actors learn various roles and it was done in different locations which is something we haven't we don't even oh, do cool. right now but and uh, the audience chose what roles you were to, the role you were to play for that evening like so uh, so you had to learn all so you had to learn puck bottom lysander everybody yes yes that's yeah. insane yeah and it was really fun so you guys um, were masochists we yeah i know right <laughs> because we were you know, we were put through the hoops, you know, That's we amazing. don't know what we were going to play, but it was great because we did it in, in various locations in the Brooklyn and wow. in Manhattan, obviously. And, um, um, and it was always different and the venues were always different sizes. So it's small and large and, and, and even at a bar we did it once and, and it was very peculiar, but, um, because we just, we just didn't know what to do, what we were doing, you know, in terms of like, as an actor, you know, uh, and that was the first year. And, uh, that's the second year we decided we had Andrew Goldberg, who's actually co-director of Macbeth that was on Broadway. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, he, he was directing the second play, which is Fuente Ovejuna. And that, that wasn't an original play again, the, we started doing original plays after that. But um, he, uh, we ended up doing this, this show, uh, and it was at uh, CSC, oh, what is it, Clemente Soto Vélez, which is downtown uh, in the east side. Uh -huh. And it was uh, like so much, like, very different. It was very... Um, like experimental? It was, it was not as experimental as the first uh -huh. one. It was, it was very... It, it was it was very stylized, but it wasn't it wasn't like like the first thing we did, and uh, and the budget was much higher, and I had met Paul Haggis who wrote Crash, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I met him one day and um, at T Schreiber actually, and uh, he he offered his space to do a fundraiser there, and uh, and we ended up like and when was that? That was uh, like that seven was years the, ago. The, yeah, yeah. And uh, we did, so basically our big fundraiser um, was at, uh, at Paul Haggis, so we, we ended up, uh, I mean, the, the ticket was pretty big. And yeah. Wynton Marsalis um, performed yep. with uh, Ted Nash, and that was the first time he, uh, Wynton did a fundraiser for us. Uh, uh, he's already done three of them. Oh, wow. Um, so you have a relationship with Jazz with, at Lincoln Center? Yeah, That's yeah. That's cool. With Wynton Marsalis and Ted Nash, who... Mm -hmm. um, saxophonist but um so so that gave us hope i mean now we have this uh, you know big show and we and just, was the fundraiser funding the show or it was, was funding it... it was funding the show yeah okay, yeah gotcha. I, I was I, I was i was like how are we gonna do this yeah it's hard obviously but um anyways he he said why don't you do it at my at my loft and so it was a small... This is Paul Haggis who said this? Yeah. Okay. It was a small um, group, but it was very successful uh -huh. because, of, because we didn't have to pay for the space at all. And right. that, you know that, as you know, that's, that's where the money goes. Uh, yeah. and, then, um, and then the year after that, we did uh, two shows, and then we just started get growing. And the company has grown quite a bit uh, from going to, as you know, one show to doing two to three productions and four festivals a year and having and what we're doing rights. with the Olmsted Salon is, mm -hmm. is, a, is one of your festivals right yeah we're doing uh, uh, one of the festivals that we do it's called This Runs On Us and it's time travel 1970s through the 90s and it's pretty exciting uh, the plays are all very different and very fun and funny and some are very serious and 
it's an open bar, so it's nice. I think uh, that's another incentive to go. Yeah, definitely. And then you're supporting a company as well um, because it, we consider it a fundraiser as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all, and it's a fundraiser, so you it's have, a fundraiser. Yeah, you have a lot of. We're talking about fifty artists coming in together, yeah, and doing right. these shows, and uh, there's a little buzz. There's always a little buzz going around it. People just love that. They're like expecting when is it gonna be? Yeah. Um, and so that's why we we went from doing it from th- three festivals to the fourth one, and the fourth one started um, four years ago when John Patrick Shanley gave me um, he gave us two plays for each of the festivals and. Then um, I wasn't going to do a fourth one, but he was like, look, I have these two plays and they would fit for Halloween if you do it. And I was like, oh, okay. How did, you, how, did, uh, how did Shanley, how did you get into Shanley's radar? Well, uh, it was 2005. I, I was studying with Terry. So is this before the Midsummer Night's Dream? Yeah, thing? yeah, okay. yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. yeah. He, he, he was a friend of mine before that mm-hmm. and uh, in 2005. So I met him once and then i met him again at uh, at a, a conversation with a t schreiber and terry was uh interviewing him and it was a very very interesting meeting um because i never ask for autographs i've met so many people <laughs> but i just I, i'm uh, you can call me shy uh, or you could just uh, i just don't really ask yeah, for autographs so you're a new yorker i yeah we have a pride <laughs> yeah no I, I don't know what it is but and so i walked up to him um and I had his 13 plays. Yeah, in the sure. Book, right. Uh, anthology. And so I said to him, can you sign this, uh, uh, John? And can you write with love? Um, and he just laughed so hysterically. And he was so surprised that anyone would say that, obviously. So um, anytime he signs, he writes emails uh, to me or we in communication. He, he says, says with, with love. love. <laughs> Always. Um, anyways, after that, we ended up walking down the street. And he says something like... Uh, it was about being two fish in a in a in a what is it in a aquarium or something like that because it was so he wasn't feeling well and therefore he was not you know he, and it was dark and and this was us walking down the street and ever since that we've just been friends and he's been very supportive of the company yeah he's he's pretty pretty advise uh, he advises and we listen and so it seems to me that um one of the things that you guys do, which I love, mm. is you mix um, artists who are very established, very, very established with um, up and comers, um, you know, doing new plays. That's that's giving, you know, plays that might not have seen the light of day a chance. And I love that. Mm. And um, let's go back to right after the Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm-hmm. I, I'd love to know a little bit more of the trajectory of how you got to how you got to where you guys are today. Yeah. Um, and it, the experimental aspect, is that still a part of it or is that um, it's not as the <clears throat> festival is pretty is still very um, it, there's a lot of order. I mean, obviously for experimental, even you have to have even more much more order in things, you know, yeah. you have to be more organized because yeah. it, it, you know, it, it, it could look chaotic, but it shouldn't be chaotic. Yeah. So, um, in terms of experimental, for example, the year after that, we, uh, we had a writer's group group and we still do, but, uh, we do one of their plays, but before we used to say, put four playwrights together 
in a room or five and they would come up with a play mm-hmm. and so we did that the third year uh actually it was the fourth year it's almost like your process is experimental yeah. rather than the product sometimes yeah exactly really cool. exactly one of the things that um so we did was was uh we gave each of the playwrights say a time period mm-hmm. to um like a, a time period so uh, we did one play called You Are Here, and it was directed by Jerry Ruiz, who's a really good uh, director, and he uh, helped develop it as well because it was a, because of you know having a lot of playwrights, you you have to have an or, an organized to organize mm-hmm. the plays. But um, and you know one of the reviews that were written was um, it it, uh, it it is an experimental play, but it doesn't feel like it. And that's one of the right. Yeah, which is it has to feel organized. You have to be able to say, well, you know, then you just put this all through it, through it together. Right. It's really thought that, out. That's why I think that this idea of mm-hmm. your your process being slightly experimental mm-hmm. is interesting because you're still you're still making it seems to me you're still making a product that's very digestible mm. and that's very attainable to an audience, but still feels fresh and different. Yeah. Um, I, I take your, pride. Yeah. Yeah. And then as far as um, the name Nylon Fusion, oh, yeah. where, where does that come from? So my partner, uh, who's, who I said was British and he's from that's London. Joseph? Jo- uh, Elliot Joseph. Yeah. Joseph Elliot. Sorry. Right. Um, he, um, He's from England, and uh, he came up with the first with nylon itself, mm-hmm. um, and then talking nylon fusion, and then we talked about it. It used to be nylon fusion collective because it was more of a um, a collective, and so um, then I then uh, when we became a non non for profit, we wanted to call it nylon fusion theater company because uh, okay. people just won't know what a collective because a collective can be jazz can be anything really i mean right. collective is a group but um, and i liked i liked that name but i thought that it needed uh, it needed more right and then so the the idea of so fusion too the fusion yeah so because it stands for new york london ah, fusion right 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 so um uh, our logo used to be i think it's still i think there's a round logo that says ny then LON, and that's very clear. Yeah. Now, in terms of, we used to do the a transatlantic series, and um, we did that. That was our like fifth year or something like that. Yeah. Um, and we had uh, the uh, two playwrights, and we love doing these these things where we have two plays in rep. Yeah. We've done that three for three. That's cool. Three or three or four times, and. Mm-hmm. What's great is that, for example, that time... With the same actors? No. Uh-huh. No, no, we don't. It, it, mostly because of the time and all yeah. of that. But um, what's in rep is that, for example, uh, Joseph wrote a play called Wisdom of Obscurity. And uh, Alicia Silver wrote Paper Dragon. And, and we wanted to show the perspective, like... Uh, what's happening in London or England and what's happening in New York, America, you mm-hmm. know, and we wanted to do that in, in rep and show the, like the sets was pretty, were similar, but it, it, it had similar issues, but completely dealt differently, obviously. Yeah. Like for example, in the festival now at, right. on the 26th and 27th, um, 
there's a play that takes place in Brixton, London, and it's a race play. Right. And what's great about it is that, I mean, even people are like, does that really happen over there? And it's, it, it's, the race is dealt differently over there, but it's still an issue, obviously. It's still a universal. It's still very universal. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, at the Olmsted Salon, one of the reasons why this is a great fit, besides mm-hmm. being, um, besides caring about new works, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of our main sort of through lines is this idea of mercy and grace and Mm. and we love to explore life uh in a way that because we don't kind of we don't think that mercy and grace is something that you can really grapple with until you come to terms with the kind of darkness and brokenness that life uh life can bear and i i noticed that in in some of the plays that that you've chosen is there's just a a very honest Mm. approach to humanity um, and sometimes that's dark and sometimes that's mm-hmm. hopeful and sometimes, and I think that, um, I think that that's really interesting. Is that, is that just a byproduct of, you know, your upbringing or where you come from, or is that something that you actively seek out? Well, uh, the very first year of the festival, which was, Jesus, this is the fifth, I think, or the fourth year, but fifth year, um, we, a lot of the decisions of like we would put out a submission request and it would be very specific uh, them- thematically, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and they would send us a, they would send us a, the play and we would and one or two of us would kind of be the decision maker. Uh, we've uh, opened it up to a group, which is and we do a salon as well, but yeah. it's uh, it's to read the plays out loud to hear them. And what I love about the process now is that we're sitting in a room and um, and we we read the plays and then we talk about them. And sometimes like there's a couple of plays in this in this series that I just uh, I was listening to it and I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden I got like choked up and I'm Mm. like, oh, my God, this is we have to do it, you know. And so that kind of response is. In, in a group setting is, is really great because I think when you're seeing the plays, you'll uh, hopefully have that kind of and response. And what, what do you think that is? Like, what, what do you think's happening in that moment when you have that? I think what I, I mean, I think what it is is, uh, I mean, uh, um, as an actor, because I'm also a, an actor, I say actress normally, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you... You you're just a little more sensitive, I think. Like you're, you're relating to something. Yeah, you 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 relate, but you also I might not relate to a place specifically, but um, you could see the room change when mm. you read something, yeah. and that it and it's almost like hooray! Yes, that's we have to do it. There's a an energy that yeah. says yeah. There's the yes play, right? And then the maybe plays. Which is some t- it's filtered by someone else. His name is Alex Farrell, who does he does the the gener- the first reading of it. Mm-hmm. That will go to the second level or the third level because we might have someone else read it. We have a dramaturg, uh, Janet Bentley, who also is very instrumental in helping us choose plays. Um, so by the time we get to the salon, we've kind of you know weaned out the ones that mm, don't don't fit what we're looking for now for example this one was time travel 70s through 90s mm-hmm. and there's so many issues there's that so could many be issues. covered yeah. yeah i mean one one of the there's issues so many that, dark spots 
Yeah, one of the issues that I really want that I wanted to cover was AIDS, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, we just the one play that we got, we we didn't feel that it would it would work with the with the whole evening. And that's also another another thing is like we get so many great plays and so many so many choices, but there's an evening to create, mm-hmm. and so you have to you have to think of it like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, we've gotten submissions and they're like the yeses or the strong, strong yes, maybe, but we can't because it just doesn't, or it's too similar to another play. Right. And it, it's a little bit of, it's a tricky thing. Yeah. Um, this time we've chosen 11 plays and uh, there was a, uh, we chose two uh, very short plays considering it, they're about 10 minutes long. This one, th- there's a couple that are about five pages, so it would run about you know, seven minutes, you would think, depending on it, on the, on the work that, that it's being done. But um, the, uh, normally it's 10, and the way that the, do you want to talk about the evening? Yeah, okay. please. So the way that the evening uh, goes in, um, in the festival is we, it's a very uh, fun experience. It's, we're and it's talk- very audience-centered, it's, too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's audience-centered. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not that, like, the audience is they're going to come they enjoy it a word you used the other day is it's not as formal for mm-hmm. the audience it's yeah a no bit it's more not informal yeah it, it's it's not to, um, the work is serious enough yeah. so when the play ends we hope you uh, you know go and go to the bar and have a drink and and mingle and talk and yeah. it's very it's a party it's a very festive thing it's one of the things that i I, I love, and I, I mean, most, of the, if not everything that we do has that quality, the, the fun part of it, that the work is serious. It's funny. Uh, I think, yeah, I definitely. think, I think, uh, the mix is very important when you do these festivals because, um, you, you don't want to have very serious plays all the time. You want to mix it up, but you also want to have more, more fun and lighthearted, mm-hmm. but still dealing with issues. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the, the trick when you're doing a festival like yeah. this, but and so the, the we have intermissions, and the intermissions are for you to go to the bar, have a water, a wine, or beer, or have something to drink, and then come back in and and enjoy another set of plays. And um, and it's just it's one of the f- most fun things to do. I, well, we're so excited to have you. Uh, the Nylon Fusion Theater Company, in association with the Olmsted Salon, uh, will be at the Cave at St. George's Church to present their fifth year. Uh, of their This Rounds on Us festival, um, world premiere plays, and they uh, explore periods of the 20th century. Um, yes, one more thing. One more thing. Uh, Ted Nash, who plays with Wynton Marsalis, he has a play in the festival. It, it's a very interesting play. He wrote a play? He wrote a play, yes. What? It's, 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 it's a really great play. And well, I also want to thank the Olmsted Salon and uh, Dusty for being so welcoming and so great for well, us. we're so grateful to have you. I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait. The shows are February 26th and 27th at 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. And how much are tickets? They're twenty. Twenty dollars. Um, With and, open bar. And your website is www.nylonfusion.org. <laughs> and uh, you can also visit the OlmstedSalon.com. Yvette Dumeng. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us. All right, thank you. And we'll see you next week.
Well, the uh, jazz music you've been listening to throughout the show is from our very own Alex Wynn and his Jazz Conceptions Orchestra. Alex is the curator of Jazz in the Cave, which is an Olmsted Salon program, and he is also the music director of St. George's Church. Um, we feature music from Jazz in the Cave on every podcast, so we hope you tune in to check out some more. I want to thank uh, Jacob Smith. I want to thank... Nylon Fusion Theater Company and Yvette Dumeng and uh, thank you to Alex for providing the music and we hope you tune in next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>